On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. The Starbucks Pistachio Latte will transport you to your happy place. The comforting flavor of pistachio, warm espresso, and milk, all with a brown buttery topping. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? <laughs> no, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's interesting that there's still records that seem to resonate, you know, with with another generation at this point as well. You know, when we're, we're doing shows and stuff, and uh, you know, people still want to talk about those records. You know, which is um, which is really cool. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice, with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother Travis. And uh, I guess we got some news, huh, bro? For the first time in the history of the No Filler Podcast, we have some news to share with our listeners. Some newsworthy news, I guess right. is what that's probably more say. appropriate. <laughs> so we have, since the last time we spoke, have joined the Pantheon Music Podcast Network. Like, I wish we had like an air horn sound to play in the background. <laughs> Pew, pew, pew. Exactly. There's there's websites out there. You just go like airhornsound.com or something like that, and like oh, there's an app for that. Yeah, too, oh, definitely. Dude. But anyway, let's let's not skip over how how uh, how important this is, Q. So we I'm were excited, man. Yeah, I'm pumped, dude. I'm super stoked. So we were approached by uh, this network, and it is a music only podcast network. So all the podcasts on this network are just as fanatical about music as we are. So we're super excited to be part of this family. And this is our first episode under the network. So because of that, it's safe to assume that a lot of you listening, this is your first time listening, right? So we're going to kind of give a sort of a recap of what this is about, what the goal of the show is, what we'd like to do around here, 
So Q, you kind of mentioned, you know, we, we did our standard intro there where we talked about what it is we do. But basically, the idea is we take an album and we talk about the tracks that weren't singles. So basically, you know, hey, an album has 12 songs and two singles. What about those other 10 songs that, you know, a lot of you may not have heard or don't get any attention because they weren't on the radio, you know? And Yeah. I mean, for us, you know, I've always been, we've always been ones to appreciate an album in its entirety. Almost every band that I've gotten into, you know, if I purchase one of their records, I'm going to listen to it all the way through. Um, even in this age of, you know, streaming music, I want to hear the album in its entirety. You know, I feel like that's something that's lost in this day and age, you know, with Spotify and fucking Pandora and whatever. Well, else. I mean, really, I mean, with the start of iTunes back when that, when that was a whole thing, like that was the whole idea was like, Oh, I don't have to go out and buy the album anymore. I can just buy the songs that I want to hear. And for most people, that was the singles like, Oh, I can pay, you know, 99 cents and, and get just the single that I care about. Okay, great. There's so many times I've had conversations with friends or, you know, they, they haven't bought an album in, in, in years, you know, they hear a single on the radio and they go and, and purchase it on iTunes or they, they add it to a playlist on Spotify and that's the end of it. And, and it's our belief and what we hope to, to do with this podcast is to highlight, you know, some of these songs that, that never, never get radio play, never, you know, see the light of day and, and showcase just how amazing some of these songs are. And sometimes it's the best work of the artist, you know? Yeah. And, and same with like, you know, you, you, you type in an artist's name on Spotify and then you've got at the very top, you know, it'll be here. Here's the top tracks from this artist. Think about all the songs that you're missing out on, right. you know, if exactly. you just hit play on those top tracks. All right. So yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about how we do it. So we firmly believe that you can't talk about how great a song is without playing it. So we play a lot of music on this podcast. That's part of the, 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 the show that I love the most is playing the music. We both are hearing it on our ends and then we both get to react and sort of bounce off each other with what it is that makes that track so great. Sometimes we go back and replay a part of the song, you know, just to really hone in and focus on, you know, this really great transition between, you know, the verse and the chorus or whatever, you know? Oh yeah, dude. Or this like killer drum fill that I feel like you didn't appreciate the first time around. Right. So, Hey, that's something to bring up. You're a drummer. I'm a guitar player. So yeah, a lot of times you'll, you'll bring up something about the drums that I would never even think about. So, um, Let's also mention that we're twin brothers. I don't think we've said that before. So I don't yeah. know whether and not that's... only that, but we're twin brothers that happen to live like almost 2000 miles apart now. That's also I'm true. up in Washington state and you're down in Texas. So we're doing all this through Skype basically. Um, but I mean, that's it. Like we just have such a, a strong passion for music and we love sharing music with people. So we thought, why not turn on some mics and, and share music with each other and, and with all you lovely people. That's right. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's where we leave it. Yeah. I think that was a good Let's uh, dive into our episode. What do you say? Are you wait, did you say slow dive into our episode? Oh I didn't say slow dive, but I see what you did there. Because that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about yeah. slow dive. 
So our last episode was our first uh, true dive into Chillwave, uh, and we covered Washed Out and uh, a handful of his first uh, few albums. Um, so you were talking to me earlier this week, and you're like, dude, how the fuck are you going to tie in Slow Dive to Washed Out? Honestly, the only thing that I had to to, to tie these two bands together was the fact that this random article on Pitchfork tied Washed Out to Slow Dive with the fact that, you know, you can listen to a handful of Slow Dive songs and the vocals are like a dead ringer for Washed Out. Uh, and that's very true. So but, it's probably safe to say that, that Ernest was a fan of Slow Dive then. Or maybe maybe it's, uh, it's, it's possible sh- shoegaze music, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Shoegaze. And here's the thing that like, so, you know, when I, when I dove into slow dive and looked in, into their history and everything, like uh, one thing I didn't realize, and I feel like this is just like, this kind of calls us out on our age. So we're in our early thirties. When you think of the, the genre dream pop, like, what do you think about, you know, like, like yeah. when you think of music and dream pop, what do you think about? Yeah. I mean, I think of that, that stint in the, in the early two thousands where exactly. Dude. Where, well, actually, you know, starting with like, I guess it's rebirth of dream pop in, in the 2010s where with bands like, you know, we talked about them, Mr. Twin or twin sister back in the early two thousands when they first started were dream pop and like tennis, you know, and yeah. And beach house bands like that, dude. But, like, the whole point is, like, Dream Pop started in the 90s, man. Early 90s, we were, what, three, four? Music wasn't something that, you know, we weren't music fans. No. (laughs) In the early 90s. Um, But, yeah, and... I mean, dude, I I really liked the, uh, like, the Macarena back then, you know? (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck was that? Like... (laughs) I don't know. What what would you classify the Macarena under? What kind of song is the Macarena? Yeah, what uh, what is that? Exploitation of, <laughs> it's, of fucking culture. It's, dan- it's it's music to dance to, I guess. Who knows, man? Music to to freaking hate music class too, because that's they they used to make us do the we Macarena. We did the Macarena. It was, like a, it was like an exercise for yeah for music class music period whatever you want to call it yeah dude i hated every second of that anyway so yeah but But, um, okay but the term shoegaze however doesn't is not applied to the dream pop bands from the from the 2000s not from the 2000s so i think shoegaze is more more tied to the 90s uh dream pop era is that safe to say yeah and and those two kind of go hand in hand in britain in the early '90s, so, so I've I've looked this up before, but what what is the what's the origin of the term shoegaze? So it's it from what I've read, and I've I've you know I've read this a few times before. It's literally it, it is an observation of of how the artists would present themselves on stage during a show. You know, they would gaze at their shoes, and they just wouldn't move around at all they were very like catatonic is probably not the right word but you know like so it's like they're in a dream state is what you're saying yeah yeah and and i don't know if that you know like like part of the whole genre about of dream pop is you know it kind of it it really does 
evoke like a dream state, like very yeah. melancholy, um, repetitive, repetitive to quote this, uh, let's see. When was it? Where was this? To, to quote this New York times article, uh, from, from 1991, um, it says that dream pop combines nebulous, distorted guitars with murmured vocals, sometimes completely smudged into a wall of noise. So I don't want to get into this too much because next week we're going to cover my bloody Valentine, which to me is like, they're like the poster child of shoegaze and dream pop. Yeah, they really the are. They're like the, yeah. the, the quintessential, you know, shoegaze band. Yeah. That's and, kind of and, what you think of. They're almost like, it's almost like synonymous with the, with the genre, you know? Yes, absolutely. And slow dive was, it was heavily influenced by these guys. They were actually label mates at the time. Um, but yeah, that, the, that wall of noise is really, I, I feel like it's, it's one of the defining points of the genre. Um, dream pop celebrates rapturous and transcendent experiences, often using druggy and mystical imagery. A common theme is the desire to rise above the drab confines of everyday life. So, uh, Let's play. Let's play a tune because I got a lot. I got a lot of music to listen to. Let's do it, man. So, from what I've read from articles around the time of of these albums releases, a lot of the critics said that their first full length album, which is called "Just for a Day," which came out in ninety one, isn't really a good representation of their sound because they were going into these legit studios for the first time and they didn't know what they were doing and i guess they just didn't have enough help with their producers to to really share like a a good representation of their sound but they have an ep uh, a few eps actually that came out before their full length that are a better representation of what they were going for so i'm gonna play a song from their very first EP, which self-titled, it's called Slow Dive. And I'm going to play the very first track on that EP, which is called Slow Dive. So here's a little, just a little representation uh, of, of what Slow Dive is all about. What I like about hearing this uh, demo from Slow Dive, the fact that it came out in 91 and the fact that 
Nirvana's Nevermind, which is, you know, like one of their biggest fucking albums. And like, I, you know, I just love like my favorite thing about music is like you can always find the other side of the coin, you know? Yeah. Like, like slow dive like that, that song that I just played. It to me it has some grungy moments in it. Like maybe in like the the tone and like the f- overall feeling that you get when you hear it, it's very like droney. Um, but then it's got that quote wall of sound kind of shoegaze. Vibe it's just I mean it's the reverb just cranked up, you know. Yeah, and and the effect that they put on their vocals, um, and I love that they've got both male and female vocals. So I'm gonna name off the roster real quick here. We've got Rachel Goswell. She plays guitar and sings, along with Neil Halstead, also on guitar and vocals. They're the two main hitters in the band. We've got Simon Scott on drums, Nick Chaplin on bass, and then they have a third guitar player named Christian Seville. Um, That's Slow Dive. And I think it's so unfortunate for them that, like, for whatever reason, like I said... They 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 get the chance to step into the studio, record their first full length, and looking back on it, like I've I've listened to interviews f- from rather recently, they just feel like their first full length album was not a good representation of their sound. And that dude, can you imagine how like frustrating that must be? Yeah, like I their mean... their demo recordings to them were a better representation of their sound. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, this is a sidetrack, but it makes you wonder, like, how many actors, really good actors, their first movie, like, their big first movie, like, you know, theatrical release, is like a dud, you know? And that's just the end of their career, you know? Yeah, dude. Not that this is the same thing, because Slow Dive has gone on to, you know, to gain a lot of of notoriety. Yeah. But you're saying that that, plus the fact that grunge is happening right along with it, they just get... They get pushed aside, basically. Right? They get they get pushed aside. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. On top of the fact that they were like, God damn it, I wish this sounded more like us, you know? Yeah. With their first full length. On top of that, you know, they just get overshadowed by my my ability Valentine and bands like Oasis and the whole Britpop movement. That's a big bummer. But so um they've actually reunited. And they've got the entire like original um, lineup, and they re- they released an album a couple of years ago in 2017, and it's fucking great, dude. We're gonna play a little bit of one of those songs, but what I want to do now, I've got another song of theirs that to me, I think this one I've gone back to and replayed more than any of the other songs since kind of diving into them. So their third studio album is called Pygmalion, and that came out in, I believe, 94. The thing about this album is it's one of those things where, you know, we've talked about the strokes before, and we've talked about how Julian Casablanca is is fucking full of himself, you know? Sure. It seems kind of like that's the deal here with this album, Pygmalion, and um, and Neil Halstead. He kind of just went into the studio and uh kind of did this one on his own like there's you know the other members were there but it was kind of like okay this is this one's on me you know um and it's kind of a it's totally it's it's a lot different than their 
previous releases, it is much more minimalist and uh, it's really fucking dark. But a lot of it is just acoustic guitar or, you know, it's way more stripped down. Their drummer, Scott, left the band because he didn't like the fact that they were using uh, drum machines for most of their tracks. You know, so he was like, where, where the fuck's my place in this shit, you know? Mm, yeah. So he left. Um, so this is kind of a departure from, from their previous works. Um, but there's the, the opening track on this album, it's called, uh, Ruddy. I think that's how you say it. R-U-T-T-I. Um, it's over eight minutes long, dude. There's just such a, just such a mood behind this song and it's a very slow, it's a slow burn for sure. So we're going to listen to a, a pretty good chunk of it. Just remember it's eight minutes long. <laughs> we're going to play like over three minutes of it. There's just something about this song, dude. So here it is. This is track one off of uh, Slow Dive's 1994 release, Pygmalion. Let's hear it. Thank you. 
So where does he, where else does he take that song? Because you said there's, it's an eight minute song, so there's about five minutes left. Does that guitar part, the instrumental guitar part, does that just extend throughout the rest of the song or does his vocals come back? Uh, his vocals come back. Yeah, I actually had a little bit lengthier clip where he go comes back into singing, but like it's a lot of the same, but with the bass and the drums kicked in, you know? It it kind of just replays the song, but with with the rest of the band coming in, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I just I, love I, that song, dude. Yeah, I'm always a fan of songs that like taking on a on a journey like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. We talked about that at length with uh, Mr. Twin Sister a couple yeah. you know, a month ago. I mean, but that's another thing, though. It seems like taking on a journey is such like a cliche, but I mean, I mean, like you know, it sounds like with shoegaze. It's pretty, it's pretty repetitive, but not not necessarily in a bad way. So it's not like they're gonna take you to very many different places and and you know sounds and whatnot like Twin Sister might do, where they have all these really interesting like handoffs and stuff. But like when you're doing a, like you said, it's a slow burn that song. Like yeah, you're just you're waiting for the you're waiting for the the payoff or whatever and then when it hits like it's really satisfying like when that guitar and the you know the the little shaker thing comes in yeah like it's you really have to invest in a song like that you know exactly and that's the kind of stuff that I appreciate dude and I love the guitar tone and but like you can see where the other bandmates are coming from here like yeah that's just Neil and his guitar for the first half of that fucking song. You sure. Know? Yeah, sure. I can I mean, see where Scott, the drummer, was just like, okay, I don't see my place anymore in this band. And you, like in previous albums, they were using drum machines and stuff, you know? So they replaced him with another drummer, but like, I, I, I totally get it there, especially yeah. when they're stepping into the studio for their third album, Pygmalion. And it's pretty much all Neil and his ideas. Like that's gotta be really frustrating. But I, you know, I picked that song to play today because I just, I just, just something about that song, dude. I, I love it, man. I listen, I've listened to it every day for the last week, probably. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I've got a song from their latest release, which came out two years ago. So again, they all, they reunited. Uh, so when they doing... reunited, did they bring the drummer back or is it? Oh yeah. He's back, dude. It's okay. Scott. It's, it's Scott's back, dude. Okay. And, um, I, I say Scott. That's his last name. I'm sorry. His first name's Simon. Um, but yeah, dude, there's it's it's great. So they released an album in 2017. It's self-titled. It's called Slow Dive because it's like, hey, we're fucking back. Remember us? And it's great, dude. Like it, it's almost like, and this is something that I always just think is so great. Like with music and it, it, like imagine getting together again with all these people that maybe you haven't really hung out with in several years you know, maybe 10 years or more. It's almost like they never left. You know, it's almost like they just, they, they picked up where they left off, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's great, dude. Um, I'm going to play track three here real quick. Just, uh, give you a little taste of what they're up to now. Uh, this song is called don't know why.
Yeah, I like that quite a bit, man. That's great. Yeah, what what I love about it is that they were able to just get back together and just pretty much do what they've always been doing. Yeah, it's like they pick up where they left off. Yeah, and it's just it just sounds so it just sounds so fresh and you know, it just they've got an audience even today. Uh it kind of reminds me of and like I know for sure the bands like M83 or like uh Black Moth Super Rainbow. I know those these guys were heavily influenced by My Bloody Valentine and you know Dream Pop from the early 90s. You can hear that that influence that they that they had, you know? And that's I feel like that's why they still have an audience today and that's why they still sound so fresh and new and and how they were able to to come back together and they knew that they would ha- that they would have an audience even today. Um it's it's great, dude. Yeah, well with the, you know, with with the the dream pop that we listened to in the 2010s, you know. Yeah, there's definitely still a, a, a people out there who want to hear this kind of music, you know. Yeah. It makes me happy. Um I had an outro clip already lined up that you know what? This is already a lengthy episode. Let's just make it a little bit longer, dude. So uh Travis informed me that there was a uh mashup with Slow Dive and Washed Out that we actually happened to sh- uh showcase on our music blog back in our heyday in the early 2010s uh so we're gonna have that as our outro but i have one more clip to play um from slow dive this is a um bonus track on their second studio album called slovak suvlaki it came out in 94 so this is an instrumental track and i wanted to share it because it kind of goes in line with the chill wave um sound where you know, like we said, it's very repetitive and kind of droney, you know. Um, it's really great. It's an instrumental track again. Uh, so this song is called Good Day Sunshine.
Yeah, so that's that's amazing. So so they had some instrumental songs like that, huh? Yep. Yeah, that's great. So what's funny about that is like, and I was actually thinking this like through some of the songs you were playing, some of the um, the IDM like uh, nostalgic electronic musicians like Boards of Canada or Casino vs Japan. I sort of borrow from some of these sounds a lot. And I feel like something like that is sort of in line with that. Cause it's, you know, it's not electronic cause they're doing it with, with guitars and, and, yeah. drums and stuff. But like, you know, it seems like a lot of those, a lot of those bands were kind of influenced by them too. Like those electronic musicians at least. Yeah. And that, that, you know, we're talking hypnagogic pop again, you know? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is it's hypnagogic because it sounds like, a band like from it, the eighties, right? From yeah, from the eighties or nineties. Yeah. Um actually I I had pulled this quote and I I didn't find a time to fit it into the episode here, but I'll just say it right now, dude. Uh to quote someone talking about Chillwave, it's a muffled production aesthetic that sort of sounded like every track was being played out of the built in speakers on a CRTV. Hmm. That's yeah, dude. That's what Chill Wave was all about. Was just capturing that nostalgic feeling, you know, from the eighties and nineties. Like that's right. that's what it's all about. Yeah. And these were the artists that kind of paved the way for the sound, like the the shoegaze dream pop, the sort of lo-fi sound. Lo-fi, yeah. So yeah, I just stumbled across that that track because. Uh, Every uh, slow dive record that's up on Spotify is like a bonus track release. You know, they've got a bunch of extra songs and that one's just kind of tucked away towards the end on disc two. Um, Again, that song was called Good Day Sunshine. Um, Yeah, man. Slow dive. This is one of those moments again where it's like, man, like it's just this been so many years where I, you know, I could have been jamming out to some slow dive man yeah isn't that funny like it's never too late to 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 get into a a musician but you know once you do and you realize oh they've literally been around since like the entirety of my life yeah you know it's like i could have been listening to this album for decades you know but hey like i said it's never too late to get into a band it's never too late and 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 in the case of slow dive they they just reunited. They've got a new album that was, you know, that came out a couple of years back and it's fucking fantastic. So yeah, man, that's, that's the sidetrack for today. Um, I, again, I didn't want to dive too much into like the history of shoegaze because we are covering the gods of shoegaze next week. Uh, we're going to cover my bloody Valentine's album loveless, which I believe came out in, I think it came out in 91. Let's find out, shall we? Yeah, dude. Slow Dive didn't have a chance, man. (laughs) Loveless Loveless came out in 91. That's what we're going to cover next week. Um, Yeah, dude, I can't wait to share these songs with you. Uh, Especially, yeah, dude, it's such a good album. There's so many good songs on this record. Um, My guess is that the majority of them are fair game. I don't think they released too many singles. So, yeah, dude, it's going to be great. Um, yeah, so that's it for today. Uh, this was kind of a lengthy sidetrack. Usually we like to keep them under half an hour, but we kind of had to, um, you know, introduce ourselves to 
hopefully a good handful of new listeners uh, now that we joined the Pantheon Music Network. Uh, again, I'm super stoked, dude. I am really excited to be part of this. Um, I can't wait to share this podcast with more people, hopefully, and to, and to, to share more music with people every week. Yeah, and uh, before we wrap up, I don't think we explained what our sidetrack episodes are all about in the beginning, but basically uh, we cover, you know, we do a full-length episode where we talk about an album in depth and kind of go into an artist in depth, and then the sidetrack is, you know, devoted to a, it's not, I mean, there's no formula really aside from, hey, here's another artist or or genre or you know song that features somebody from uh the record or the the album that we talked about last time like a while back we did a sidetrack on feist because she popped up in a handful of songs on a kings of convenience record that we covered the week before so it's just another way to kind of squeeze in you know like the whole point of this podcast is to share music with people that's pretty much what my whole life is about, dude. I mean, you know, if, if <laughs> yeah, like write it on my tombstone, like that's my favorite thing in the world is to, to get people on to, to a new artist. That's it, man. That's what this is all about. All right. Well, that wraps it up, man. Yeah. So anyway, like we said, um, we're no filler. You can check us out on the Pantheon podcast network. We just joined. We're stoked. Also, visit our website, nofillerpodcast.com. You can find all of our show notes there. You can find all of our episodes. We've done like 80 episodes up to this point. So there's quite a bit that you can go through. We've talked about bands like Radiohead. We've talked about Corn. Uh, we've talked about Crosby, Stills, Nash. Like we, We've tried to cover a pretty wide range of music, and we're going to continue to do that. So keep checking us out. Once a week, we put out episodes, uh, usually around Sunday. Uh, so subscribe, follow us, do all those things. Yeah. So for our outro today, we're going to play a song by the band violins. Um, they did a mashup of a washed out song, um, uh, called feel it all around, which most of us, I, I think are well aware of. That's the theme song to Portlandia, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So you've probably heard this song. Uh, they mashed that song up with, um, the song that I actually introed us into this week uh, from Slowdive called Suvlaki Space Station. And uh, it is called Space Around the Feel Station. Uh, and that's that's what we're going to outro out with today. So, dude, the funny thing is, like, when you hear those two songs separately, like, no wonder Violins was like, these two songs are, like, made for each other. Because the baseline for yeah, for, they really uh, they really didn't like. I'm sorry, yeah, they they really didn't like splice them up too much, you know. Like they they really just almost just laid them on top of each other. Yeah, really. I think it's the baseline from "Feel It All Around." It just mer- like it just plays perfectly with Slovakia Space Station. So anyway, uh, it's no wonder they were like, "Hey, we gotta match these two together." Yeah. So um, again, that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. Again, we're going to dive a little bit more into shoegaze and we're going to cover My Bloody Valentine's 1991 release, Loveless. So thank you again so much for listening. My name is Quentin. And my name is Travis. And y'all take care. 
Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.